Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. How about it? Off and rolling on a beautiful Wednesday, November 15th, 2023. I am your host. Gabe Kuhn, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman on X at G underscore Kuhn 71. This is the Gabe Kuhn Show, and I'm alongside the executive producer of the show. And November 15th means something. Means something to this guy. Happy birthday to my man, Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 929. Connor, what's happening? What's up, sir? Happy birthday to you. you. Thank you. We celebrating any type of way? Are we just you celebrating with me right we're here in the studio? With you. Yep, yep. Oh, voice crack on the birthday. Uh, we're going to dinner tonight. We're going out to dinner. Okay. What you care to share? Or you? Uh, I'd rather not. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You know. somewhere nice or somewhere somewhere very yeah very nice. Okay. One of my favorite spots. Okay. I am more of a even on my birthday. I'm still. I, I love bar food. I love dive bar. I I'm a very chill, nice, chill guy yeah. for the birthday. Don't want to yeah. do too much. I don't want to get out. I don't really want to go out to. You know, coastal fish and a nice restaurant. I sort of want to keep it close. Maybe get takeout. That's sort of me at this point. But 29 years young? 29 years 29 young. 29 years young. You got told you don't look uh, You don't look 29, you look 30, though. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> sales, was people a... are, sales people, they don't they don't have that bedside yeah. manner. They shout don't really out, try to. Shout out Clay. He was like, well, you look they don't 30. Really I was like, thanks, you. Clay. That makes they didn't really want to help you out. That but, makes me feel better. Uh, on Connor's birthday, we have three hours to talk on the way courtesy of 92.9 FM. ESPN and yours truly. He doesn't skip. He doesn't skip. He doesn't take days off. We don't need days off, even for the birthday. Um, but we're going to open here in a moment with overreaction and not an overreaction. Um, we'll talk about the Grizzlies' 2-9 and nine start. Last night, though, Connor, can I just – I'm going to bounce this off you immediately. Last night, over the last three years, and even through the first ten games this year, I have not really questioned the energy and want-to of this team. Even though there's been some good, there's been some real bad so far this year with all the injuries. I questioned it last night. This was sort of the first time in a long time. Did you? I mean, did you get that same sense? I was kind of. I, it did not feel like that team was as locked in and focused as 
even in the losses, even in the eight losses previously, it seemed like they at least were efforting, trying to do things, even though the odds are stacked against them. Last night it just felt like it all came to a head and they were very uncomfortable and, and didn't feel right on the road against the Lakers. I think uncomfortable is the right word for it. They seemed, you know, it was bad from the jump. It really was. It was bad yep. from the jump, and it just kind of got worse from there. Um, the effort, I'm not sure if it was a lack of effort or maybe a lack of focus. I'm not quite sure. Or the, the Lakers have become their kryptonite in a weird yep. way. I'm not really sure what happened. We were discussing on the show yesterday how we were worried about the late start. And I and to be honest, I didn't think it was going to be a big deal because they just, you know, they've been had time to adjust to the L.A. Times since they've, been, since they've been out there. But it certainly looked like it had some sort of effect on the game. Yeah, no question about it. Now, uh, also on the show, we'll take a trip around the NFL at 5.30. The Blitz will be at 6.30. Um, that'll be some good stuff. We do have some MLB to talk about with Shohei Otani rejecting the uh, Angels' qualifying offer of 20-some-odd million. So we're going to talk about where we want to see him land. Uh, we'll also talk about the coaching carousel somewhat, because, uh, and I wouldn't really call it a carousel at Northwestern because they have hired their interim. Their, their former D.C., David Braun, has been hired as the official coach. He's going to be the head coach of Northwestern going forward. They were 1-11 last year. They're 5-5 five and five this year. Kind of makes sense. But also, when you think about the hazing incident and the, and the allegations that came out that ultimately led to Pat Fitzgerald's demise and firing at Northwestern, it doesn't quite make sense. He was the D.C. on that, uh, on that staff. So we'll discuss that when we get into the Blitz. As far as guests are concerned, very excited at about 4.30, bottom of this hour. We're going to bring on Jacob Likes, starting center number 70 for the University of Memphis before they take on SMU. This weekend, and he's been here a while. He's, uh, uh, you know, high school. He went to high school at at, at Christian Brothers, um, so he's been around. Started multiple. I mean, twenty five starts before this year. He's added a, a bunch of starts leading up to uh, this point in the season. Um, he'll he'll join us before the SMU game, and I know he's only got a few more games left. We'll talk about what mark he wants to leave before he before he ultimately leaves campus. Um, but very excited to bring on Jacob Likes. Here at the bottom of this hour, Jeff Calkins at 5 o'clock per normal. Jeff Calkins show in the Daily Memphian and also as is customary on a Wednesday. Ty Richardson. Ty Richardson will join from ESPN Arkansas. Uh, we'll cover SEC college football as a whole. Now, let's go ahead and start it. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are to Crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Cujo from 92.9. <sighs> Deep breath. Oh, okay, all Deep right. Breath. Okay. The Grizzlies dropped <laughs> nice. another game last night against the Lakers, yep. 134 to 107. They are 2-9 and nine now, and Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard injuries have happened. <laughs> of course they had to happen. <laughs> this yep. team is decimated right now. They do have a, ni- a nice layoff before playing Saturday in San Antonio against the Spurs. There are 14 games between now and the end of Jaws' suspension. During that time, it will not get better for the Grizzlies. Overreaction or not an overreaction? I wish I didn't have to say this, but not an overreaction. It's not going to get better. It's just not. Like What, what, what can we really look at that, that's going to get better for this team? The injuries are just brutal. And now you have to deal with Marcus Smart on the shelf, potentially, with an ankle injury. We know how ankle injuries work, especially with a guy who has the ball in his hands a fair amount in the NBA. He'll be reassessed after a week. I don't, I don't expect him to play the next few games. Luke Kennard, I don't know what's going on with his knee. He was starting to shoot well. And then now that feels like it's all for naught. 
So, like, I, I just don't see where it's going to get better before Ja returns. When Ja returns, sure, it'll get better on the offensive end. He's a one-man wrecking crew offensively. He's going to get the points in the paint. Uh, he's going to use those Bismack Biombo screens to his advantage, and you'll you'll have more of an offensive punch. But until then, I don't know what fixes you want. I don't know what's out there for them. If you look at their 16-man roster, and thanks to the Michael Cole for pointing this out, if you look at their 16-man roster at this point, minus their two-way contracts, of those 16 men, only four guys have played or been available, healthy or active, for the entire first 11 games. Two of those guys are Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. The other two guys, David Roddy and Kenneth Lofton Jr. We know Kenneth Lofton Jr. struggles to get minutes. Here and there we know David Roddy has played a lot. But Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. at some point are probably going to have to sit down for rest. They're, they're not going to be able to play every single night of the regular season. 82 games, it's just not realistic for them to do. And they need a rest at some point. They've been trying to put this team on their back. It hasn't worked to this point. And I, I don't know where you get the answers from, ultimately. I, I, even just looking at last night, like once Marcus Smart went down, you had lineups in the first half, Connor, with who was it? Zaire and Luke Kennard as, as your primary ball handlers. That's how bad it is right now. That doesn't win ball games. It just doesn't. And I, the Grizzlies hit 12 threes in the first half and were down by 23. 12 threes in the first half. We talked about it before the year. They're going to have to use a three ball as a great equalizer. They knocked them down, but they did nothing in the paint. They hit 12 threes. They only had 19 made shots in the first half. <laughs> and then they allowed the, the, the Lakers, their, their perimeter defense continues to struggle. The Lakers were 11 for 20 from three. And they attacked enough to get to the free throw line 15 times in that first half. Like, the Grizzlies just don't have enough juice, don't have enough guys to consistently contest at the three-point line, to consistently churn out numbers on the offensive end. It's just brutal right now. And I just, until Ja comes back, I don't see much getting better. I see them pacing the same way they've been pacing. And I, I think that's unfortunate, but I think that's where we're at. And I, I think we've been warning about this for some weeks now. Yeah, it's, um, you know, that's why after the Pelicans game and those first few games, we were like, we people have got to buckle up here. We, we've really got to buckle up and just try to hold it down until Ja gets back. And unfortunately, it, it's gotten worse since then. And you brought up the three-point shooting of the Los Angeles Lakers. I know that they shot 62 per, 62% from the field last night from 3-22 franchise record. The thing is, all of the injuries that you've talked about are absolutely a part of the problem. To be quite honest, I have not understood people who are saying that the injuries have nothing to do with what's happening. Well, they're, they're, they're not acknowledging well, it. Let me hold on. Let me let right, me let right, me finish. Right, let me you, finish. I got, let you, me cook. I got you. Those are a huge part of what's happening. The defensive schemes still are a huge part of what's happening too. They are giving up way too many threes. They are not putting themselves in position to win these games. It is at some point effort can't get you so far. It's got you've got to be have the right game plan for this stuff, and it's just you know I know that a lot a lot of these threes are happening because of the defense and how they're playing defense. And when it happens to you every single game, it's got to be you a little bit. You know what I mean? 100%. So it's like all of these things have have combined to just a nightmarish start for the Grizzlies, and I'm not sure how they get out of this. I don't think there's some magical trade out there that solves this first 25 games or solves this team's problems. I've, I've, I know a lot of people are on the trade machine. I know yesterday we talked about some Bulls trades. I still think you know a Bulls trade could be out there, maybe a third-teamer, maybe go get a little Quentin Grimes action, maybe some Hartenson from the Knicks. There's going to be available guys. 
But the Grizzlies have some problems right now, and I, and I really do think that DeMichael Cole's been breaking it down very well. It's the injuries. It's the lack of production from the wing. It's the lack yep. of hitting on a wing in the draft. It's a little bit of roster construction. It's a little bit of the, the schemes. It's kind of all of it right now, and that's why when you say, is it going to get better, I'm not sure if it is. It's you, you, pray, you pray to God that nobody else gets hurt because right now, that's the thing that can get better is people just get healthier and you get more bodies on the floor and you just hope that that can offset some of the things that are happening right now. But other than that, a lot of the issues that they just that they have right now are difficult to fix without right. Jaw on the court. Yeah, and largely I was going to agree with you. Like I, I, I see people out there, there's some people out there, you'll get a lot of the, well, you can't make uh, injuries uh, an entire excuse for – a poor start. Well, this amount of injuries is a different story altogether. I mean, it's are devastating. Are there things that they can do better? I talked about it last week. There are things that they, they need to guard the perimeter a whole lot better. Stop letting everyone get over on them shooting a three ball. They need to do that. They need to try to find different sets offensively to get guys free. Do different things on the offensive end. Do they need to try new lineups? Yes. But at the same time, I don't think that any of those things are going to equal much better than 2-9 and nine at this particular point in the season with the amount of injuries they've had. You just can't get over Steven Adams, Brandon Clark, John Morant, um, uh, Marcus Smart may be out for some time, Luke Kennard. I mean, Santi's you just get Santi Aldama. Like, you just keep going down this list, and it's just you can't, can't do anything about some of the, the, the big injuries they've had this year. So, like, if people say that you can't use that as a full excuse. I think you can use that as a pretty damn massive excuse for where this team is it, at it's at not, this point. In the I, I'm not sure it's an excuse. It's just the fact of the matter that's happening. Like, they have the most injuries. In the, it's crazy the amount of injuries that they've had this year. Now, that being said, some of the games that happened before the, uh, the more injuries happened, like, they should have won. They should have won the Wizards game. You right. have to win one of those jazz games. You have to when you're in a position like this. You had you have the skill players still there. You have the talent to still beat those teams. And those games you lost because, to be quite honest, lack of focus and kind of lack of offensive schemes or defensive schemes. It's not from a lack of effort, and that's why it's really hard. Last night was a little strange. I, I, I'm it still was, not sure I would call it a lack I, I, of effort. Being being a former player, I don't ever like that's not usually where I'm at. I'm never I, I never want to go after someone's effort on the floor. But last night, like the Jackson Hayes free throw, and he immediately catches it because everybody's standing around not trying to rebound, and he gets the putback. There's just a lot of laziness sort of getting out to the perimeter to go contest three-pointers. Like, it was – there was a lack of – there was a lack of energy at the very least. It was least, unfocused. But it, it did not feel like a, a maximum effort game for the Grizzlies last night once they saw it get out of hand. I also think that of, Marcus Smart went down within eight minutes and everybody yeah, – and it froze and it, everyone. Yes, it, fr- it froze yes. everybody. And because, he's the energy – he's the guy who brings energy well, every he's, night. he is what Dylan provided to this team last season. And he is what Dylan has been providing to the Houston Rockets. It is you need somebody out there that has confidence that you are going to win every single play, every single game. And when Marcus Smart went out of the game yesterday, their dog left. Desmond Bain, credit to him. Stepped up, got in AD's face. You love to see things like that. That's leadership right there. But the rest of the team, it froze them a little bit. And you could tell. And the Lakers are the type of team with the history they've had with the Grizzlies the last two seasons. They are ready for this game. They want to prove something to the Grizzlies. You can hear it in AD's comments. You can hear it in LeBron's comments. They were ready for this game. They wanted to prove a point. And unfortunately, the Grizzlies were not ready for that moment. It was just, and that's the unfortunate situation that we're in right now. It's going to be ugly for a while. It's not going to get any better until Ja gets back. You just hope that they can get a little bit more healthy. Maybe they can steal a couple wins here and there. But when you now no longer have Marcus Smart, you might not have Luke Kennard. 
the options are starting to run out for this team, and that's why I don't know where they go at this point. I'm not sure what the solution is here. You've got to make some sort of trade because you need to have bodies. Hopefully they can figure something out. I'm not... It's just it's it such a difficult position to be in as a team for the Grizzlies because you don't want to you know send off all of these guys and try to get a new roster because we know that if they're healthy it's at least a fifth a forty five fifty win team when this yeah. team is fully healthy and together but they haven't been fully healthy and together for a very long time so that's when at some point you have to make decisions okay outside of the big three I think everybody is available to be moved so you have to figure out. What's the type of deal that we can do to consolidate the wing? Because we got too many guys. How can you yeah. consolidate this team, get them healthy, and get them ready to make a run when Jaw's back? If it's this season, great. If you can make a run, make a play-in, that would be fantastic. But if, it, but if we get to a moment where we're like, there's no way they can make a play-in this year, consolidate and get ready for the run next year. Nobody wants to hear that, but that's the reality that we're in right now. It sucks. I know they're, it they're sucks. They're 2-9, and nine and their stretch of schedule coming up Not at good. Spurs versus the Celtics, who are one of the best teams in the NBA, at the Rockets, who have won six games in a row, and you know Dylan Brooks is looking for blood against the Grizzlies. You got the Suns, the Timberwolves have been phenomenal, and you're already 0-2 against the Jazz. That ends your, that's your November. It's the rest of your November. I don't really see a win right now. I, j- I just don't. Like, obviously, we got surprised by the Clippers game or whatever, but we also see on the back end, the Clippers might just be horrible. They're just with, bad right with, now. With, with James Harden again. right now. They're 0-5 in the James Harden era, which I like to see. But at the same time, you, you see on the back end that maybe that game was more winnable than we thought just sort of on paper. These other games don't even – I mean, I, I don't see anything on the schedule for the rest of November that's really, you know, shining, that, that, that looks like an opportunity to get your third win. And we'll see what happens. Different things can can occur. Somebody could get hot from the three-point line. Who knows? Zaire Williams may have his best game in a, in a Grizzlies uniform. But – I don't see it right this second. I don't see it. Now, even when Ja comes back, and this is sort of what you were referring to as well, yes, he fixes a lot. But I I think, you know, just looking at where we were in 2021 and 2022, and a lot of people will say it dates back because it really does date back farther than that, where you just wanted a wing. You just wanted to find the wing of the future. Um, That was the only real organizational question about, okay, what is this roster going to look like? Who are you going to add at that wing position who's going to put you over the top? Um at this point, like, the organizational questions outweigh realistic ways to move forward. And, like, one, the first thing for me is, like, Steve, Steven Adams and Brandon Clark, what do they look like when they come back? Like, that's another question that's been added to this whole thing. Are they going to be any good when they get back? Steven Adams is in his 30s. I know that a lot of guys recover from that injury, but he's never missed this amount of time ever. And it'll be the better part of two years by the time he comes back and actually plays basketball. Brandon Clark, Achilles for a guy who's a high flyer and runs the floor. I don't know what that's going to look like. Two, I think you have shot creation and half-court offense that you have to address. Yeah, John Morant can go create, but they don't really have ISO scores. We talked to Michael Cole about that consistently. Uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. is their second-best ISO scorer, if you can believe that. I mean, that's it's a, it's a strange sort of uh, statistic, strange thing to think about because we don't think of Jaron Jackson Jr. as some great ISO scorer. Um, and then third, you still have to address the wing because you've swung and missed two years in a row. Or three years in a row. I, I, it's, it's, it's just this organization, this team right now feels like it's in free fall. They can catch themselves, but it's going to take some real hard work and some real hard decisions. All right, let me put on my Prince of Positivity hat for a second. Right, go I'm going to try this. I'm just going to try. It, you know, we're, we're, we're in the depths oh, of hell God. right now, so I'm going to try to just give us a little bit of light. Okay. It's an opportunity. This is an opportunity okay. for this organization right now because what the injuries have done and what this first 25-game suspension for John Morant has done 
is it has put a spotlight on the weaknesses of this team. Every issue. On every issue. It has made them big, and it has magnified all of them. So we can see it. The front office can see it. The coaches can see it. Everybody can see it. Go fix them. Go fix them. This season may not work out. We might not make it to a play-in. Devastating. I know. We all want to be in the playoffs. When you're in a type of run like this, you want it to be consistent every single year. They've got the young guys. They're probably going to have three all-stars. I know Jock can't be in the game this year, but, you know, Jaron Jackson Jr., Desmond Bain, if they keep playing the way that they will, they'll probably be all-stars. You're still going to have those guys. So you got three. Okay, we got these three guys. What can we do right now to build a team with them? Not around them, with them. They've got to build it with them. Go consolidate that wing. Figure out your big man depth. Go get you another ball handler. Jacob Gilliard's been great. At the end of the day, though, he's still a little short. He's that, five, eight, he's, one, he would be amazing if he was 6'2". <laughs> but you've got to go find an option there because, unfortunately, Derrick Rose, he's the guy that you brought in. He would be oh. your third guard right now. Hopefully he could he could stable it, but he's been hurt, and that's the thing. Hunter, I still think that his, val- I think his value is still there when you have John Moran in that locker room. You still want a guy like you know a veteran presence there, but – I do think that this it's they are in a moment right now where it's we can either try to just tough this thing out and and, and dig in and say no this is the team that we think we need to have yeah. or you can start making changes right now to change your circumstances and that's what they've got to do. That's the positivity spin that we can do here. We have highlighted all of these problems and they're real problems. All of the criticisms people are, are throwing out I think are are, are they're valid. The, the misses is in the drafts. All the, the not finding a wing position when all these play players were out there. I know Kelly Uber got hit by a car, maybe, but you know he was there this offseason. He was he was available this offseason. They didn't go and get him because we were like, well, Laravia Z or Roddy's going to work out. Well, guess what? Only one of them has shown real signs this season of working out. Z, I'm rooting for the kid. Come on, man. And Laravia, I know he had a big game down in, 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 with the hustle. We still yet to see that translate. It's time to make changes. Oh. It is time to get on your horse. Go find guys. Go consolidate things. Get this team ready for when Ja comes back to where you can really make a run. I can't remember who said I think it may have been DeMichael. I can't remember who said it. They said they've been building around Ja, not it with was him. DeMichael. They've got to start building with them. You've got to really you've got to put teams this team in a position to be successful. You can't just think Oh, 27 points per game, seven assists, five rebounds is going to come back and fix all this. It's not. It's just not going to fix it. Well, this is highlighting the problems and why you are not ready to contend right now. Because if you put this whole team together, let's be honest about it, healthy team, full healthy team, you think they're going to win a championship? Not right now, no. Not right now. No. That's a problem. I don't think they fix have a, it. And I think largely it would come down to wing and shot creation and half-court yep. offense. Yep. And obviously we're assuming that Steven Adams and Brandon Clark would be fully healthy, and that's another question but yeah I, I I actually am on board with what you're saying Connor because what else are you gonna do what is this front office I, I I think this front office at the end of the day when they make these decisions and they drafted Jake Laravia and they drafted David Roddy and they traded away DeAnthony Melton and they traded up to go get Zaire Williams largely they could lean on the fact that hey 50 game win 50 games second in the west win 50 games second in the west what happens you see a little bit of fragility you start to get these injuries and Let's say by the end of the year, they're a 30-win team, 35-win team. You can't lean on the fact that you've had success anymore. And you can't just say, oh, well, all all these injuries completely derailed us. We're just going to run it back. There's more questions than answers in that regard because you don't know what Brandon Clark and you don't know what uh, 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 Steven Adams are going to look like. You still don't have another shot creator outside of John Morant that can do it at a high, high level in an ISO situation. So, like – I, I'm on board with what you're saying. You cannot, if you're the front office, if you're the, anybody in this organization, you can't lean on the fact that we won 50 games and we were second in the West, which I think they have to this point. Yes, it's it's the the worst. What you don't want to happen here 
is the front office says, well, we won 50 games the last two years. We know that if they're healthy, they're going to be in contention, which is, yeah, it's true, I guess. But true contention? Like, are they going to be able to get it done? Because when Adams went down, we all knew, damn, that's going to be a problem. It changes the way that we looked at the first 25 games. But we changed it to them being like 10 and 15, not to this. If Steven Adams going down magnified this many problems in your lineup, you had these problems were were there previously. They were were going to come to light at some point. You don't want them to lean on, well, we won 50 games that year and 50 games that year, and they've hit on the draft this year, this year, and this year. It's like that. all of that is great. All of that, you deserve credit for all of that. But this is now. How do you move forward? How do you get this franchise ready to be successful moving forward? Because right now, as constructed, this team is not ready to compete, even with Jawback, even with Steven Asback, even with Brandon Clark back. This team's not ready to compete for a championship. And we are in the mode now to where you have Jaron Jackson Jr. entering his prime, in his prime. John Morant, same thing. Desmond Bain, same thing. You can't waste these opportunities. You can't say, well, it, we, we've got this window. You, this is a, you're a big proponent of this. Well, we have this window for a little bit because they're under contract. What if somebody, what if somebody gets hurt three days yes. before the season starts? It changes everything. Yes. You, your team has to be built to be able to sustain. I know the injuries have been devastating. They were already a bit in free fall before the injuries really started piling up. When you were just without Steven Adams, when you were just without Santi and those guys, it's like something was still broken. Like when we were looking at it, we were like, something's still not working here. And Bismack fixed it a little bit. Gilliard fixed it a little bit. But we need better versions of those two. They've been great. You know, they've helped. But, again, but they I, can't be your solution. That can't be, I, well, we got Gilliard and Bismack. When, no, when, when they all no. come back, we got we got and a reinforcement. They can't day, be the reinforcements. They, they've been helpful, but at the same time, if I'm saying that Bismack, Biombo, and Jacob Gilliard have been real helps for this team, how much of a help is that ultimately? They're not going to be here. It's not going to be some long-term solution. But, like, I, I think it comes back to what we talked about last week with Jeff Calkins, and obviously we'll talk to him at five about all of this as well. Do you have enough above-average NBA basketball players? Do you have enough? You have John Morant, you have Desmond Bain, you have Jaron, you have Marcus Smart. I think they fit that bill. Outside of that, do you have enough? Because like I, I looked with the Lakers last night. Uh, Torian Prince, I think, is a, a relatively above-average NBA player, and he's available. I look at uh, Cam Reddish, that's interesting. He's been playing a lot better. Austin Reeves was off the bench last night. That has been an above-average NBA player. Rui Achimura, same exact thing. Christian Wood, same exact thing. So outside of LeBron and Anthony Davis and D'Angelo Russell, right, they have this this core of, of role players that you know you can count on night to night. Whereas the Grizzlies have David Roddy, Santi Aldama, who struggles on the defensive end, but I think offensively he's definitely turned into a hell of a player. Like you just – you don't have – you don't have the the amount of role players that you need to really contend at a high level and, 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 and to go win an NBA championship, even at full. full I just strength. I feel as if we are getting to the end of we hope this guy turns into something. It needs to be we know this guy is yes. You, you, you you need guarantees out there yes. on the court, and that's you know I I think that the relationship with Dylan Brooks and, and the Grizzlies came it came to an end. It, it needed to yes. end. It needed to end for both parties. I understand it, but what you lost with that is you knew every single night you were going to have an all-defensive player on the floor. Every single night you were going to have a guy that can create his own shot out there. Were they too many shots? Yes. But he could create them, and he took pressure off the other guys. He was also a lunatic, so he never let them give up. Marcus Martin gives you a little bit of that, 
but you're you're right now you're asking a lot of guys to be play out of position and to do things that they aren't necessarily that, that's not their skill set. You're asking a lot of guys to play outside of who they are and that's why we're seeing what we are. So you need to find the players that match those things. Stop. We we kind of fell in love with this idea of finding the true 3 and D, trying to replicate the yeah, 3 and yeah. D, which I in theory that made sense. At the time it made sense, but when it's just we've missed on so well, many on well, so many and guys. And again, like when, when it, and this is the last thing I'll leave it at because we do have to move on to Draymond. <laughs> and hopefully he gets a suspension. I'll mention that in a second. But th- there's been this focus with with all the draft picks, all the 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 wings that they've gotten, Jake Laravia, Zaire, and David Roddy. It's been on internal development. Can these guys eventually become our starting three night to night? It's been internal development. It's much easier to internally develop and, and ask people to trust you when you're winning 50 games. Right. It's a lot less easy to ask people to trust you within a fan base, within an organization, when you're winning 30 games right. in a year. And so I, I, hopefully, again, back to your the, the point you, you made way back when, hopefully that is... It's an know, opportunity. All, it's an opportunity for this front office to realize, okay, maybe we didn't do this whole thing and the right way. And to their credit, it sounded like during the offseason they realized that, because they said, you know, we don't need to triple down on youth again. They had already started moving away from that. I just think this might expedite that process. And the good news is... If we are saying this, they're probably thinking it because yeah. it is a good front office. That's the one thing I do think. We just all everybody's got to pump their brakes. It is we are used to a winning I basketball think, team here in Memphis. Think, it has been ugly. It has been tough. But some of the things that are being said are outlandish well, about the front office and, and like the coach. It's I, we've got to just pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. If it is a disaster still when Jaw comes back and everything, then we can have conversations. Yes, I agree. But right now, that what I mean, look at the team. Like, but, look at okay, what's out there. I get that, but I'll say this. I think good front office, there's been some missteps. How they move through this sort of rough patch, how they move, how they shake things up, who they decide to keep, if they go for a trade, if they try to uh, push buttons, this is going to make or break, I 100%. think, ultimately their entire tenure I, with the I Grizzlies. Don't, I don't disagree, and that's why... That, this is this, the, is this is that point. This is it. All of the credit, this is how you judge It's them. all of the credit that you've built up. It's now. It's now. Okay, show us. Yes. It's, we. The credit has allowed you to get to this point, and for the benefit of the doubt, you. If you can't fix this, then real conversations have to happen. I think those conversations are fair. So it's not great right now. Hopefully, it can get better. Yep. All right. Moving on. <laughs> Sheesh. <laughs> yep. All right. A good old-fashioned basketball brawl happened last night in the first two minutes of a game between the Warriors and the T-Wolves. It was 0-0. Clay and Jaden McDaniels got tied up and started to shove each other before Draymond Green ran into the pile and put Rodi Gobert in a chokehold. The, eject- the ejections ended up being Jaden McDaniels, Clay Thompson, and Draymond. But the focus here is Draymond, who has been ejected two of the last three games. It's time for the NBA to step up, to step in and make a mini- meaningful suspension of Draymond Green. Overreaction, not an overreaction. Not an overreaction. I've been here. Um, like thinking back even to the step that he had directly on DeMontis Sabonis. I mean, this guy leads in ejections about every year, leads in technical fouls just about every single year. Okay, there comes a point where you've got to understand he's a complete instigator and he is hindering a lot of what can happen on the floor by jumping in and putting Rudy Gobert in a damn chokehold. And what, what really cracked me up last night, what really cracked me up, is Rudy Gobert truly was trying to break it up. He's trying to split apart Clay Thompson and Jaden McDaniels, and Draymond Green runs up and throws him in a chokehold for what? 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. For what? It's not like Rudy was tossing bows. It's not like he was throwing fists. There, like at some point, the NBA. When you talk about, I mean, because let's think about John Morant and how they worded his suspension, right? You brought this to my attention. And I think it's very valid. When they talked about John Morant, and I'm not comparing the situations exactly, but I'm comparing the wording. When it comes to Draymond, detrimental to the league and repeat offender, right? That's what they said about Ja. That's what they said about Draymond with that whatever one-game suspension he had in the playoffs. Those things, at some point, when he continues, you've said he's a repeat offender, you've tried to suspend him for games at a time, you need to start extending it out so he cannot do this every single night. Two out of the last three games he's been ejected. He's a nuisance. He's a nuisance on the floor. Like, I, I listen, I'm not here to just, like, I, I to be honest with you, ultimately – When we look back at Draymond, we're going to talk about his edge, what he brought to the floor, and how good it was for the Warriors and the dynasty they built. But right now, it's just an issue. It's a problem because I don't know if this Warriors team is, like, built to go win a championship this year by any stretch of the imagination. I think Draymond is just extra, and what he did to Rudy Gobert last night was just completely unnecessary. And then you have the Warriors broadcasters egging it on. Oh, he was... He was trying to defuse the situation. Yeah, putting Rudy Gobert in a headlock. The who was actually, of them is who was actually trying to defuse the situation. You put him in a headlock, and that was defusing the situation, according to the Warriors broadcast. It's just, I think the NBA has allowed this to happen for too long, and there needs to be a point where you say, okay, here's a five-game suspension. We're actually going, like, you can't keep doing this, man. Right. You cannot keep doing this. You're a nuisance. You're a problem on the floor. It's just, it's it, it's gotten to a point of ridiculousness. It, it truly has. When there's highlight tapes up there of Draymond Green of 10 minutes of oh no actual God, basketball yes. being played. And it's, and I think the problem with funny, Draymond, though, too, is he injures people. He hurts people. Like, that when he does these antics, he's trying to hurt people. Putting somebody in a chokehold, you're not doing that as <laughs> fun. When he's kicking Steven Adams in the nuts, he's you know he's doing these things, pulling down Brandon Clark from a layup, stepping on Demontis, he's stepping Sabonis. on. He's trying, he's Stomping. hurting guys. And at some point, it's like, when's the code being broken, Steve Kerr? 
Because last night during his presser, he was like, well, I thought, you know, he was trying because Gobert put his hands around Clay Thompson's neck. No, he didn't. What are y'all talking about? Clay Thompson started the fight. He grabbed McDaniel's jersey. The delusion in that fan base of the coaching staff and that team, the NBA has to come in and say, stop. It's ridiculous. Every single game, something like this happens. And the craziest thing that happened yesterday was Rudy Gobert said, oh, I knew that Draymond was going to try to get thrown out of this game because every time Steph doesn't play, he tries to get ejected. And everybody laughed at that and said, oh, that's pretty funny. It's true. Seven of the last 11, which, by the way, 11 ejections, egregious. (laughs) Seven of his last 11 ejections have come when Steph wasn't playing in the game. Isn't that crazy, though? that's, That's a stat. Seven of the last eleven of the last eleven go ejections. Bear. Not Here's, eleven you, ejections is all. There's some guys that go through their entire career and don't get ejected, but once, but once. Yeah, Mike Conley's like, "What's an ejection?" <laughs> yes, and Draymond's like, "Of my seven of my last eleven. Well, Steph speaking Curry's of Mike Conley, Chris Paul was diving into his legs the last game. It's just the, this Warriors thing. It's ridiculous what they're able to get away with. The whole the speeches from from Steve Kerr. Look at your own team, much. dude. Your players are punching each other. Y'all are trying to hurt other teams. You got Draymond out there being ridiculous. It's time to it's time to stop. Stop. It, it, we're all tired of it. Everybody's yes. tired of it. Yes. And the NBA needs to actually take it upon themselves. Yes. And they are, and they will be hypocritical if they if they've used the same language with Draymond that they did with Ja. And if you don't give him a suspension, you're hypocrites. Period. Yes. And he's he's the most repeat offender of repeat offenders when it comes to on court antics. Correct. You need to put a stop to it. It's just it's 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 not helping your product by any stretch. Of no, it's not. It's just not. It, it's it's hindering on court play. And what should have been a really damn good game last night. And by the end of it was a decent game. Timberwolves, Timberwolves versus the Warriors. The Warriors but, are so annoying. They've made people like Rudy Gobert again. <laughs> do you know how hard that is to do? That's <laughs> pretty hard. That's pretty tough. But uh. Draymond had to go ahead and put him in that sleep world. And I did find it interesting how Chris Paul didn't get involved in any of it. He was nowhere. I mean, he was on the floor at the time, but he just did not somehow stayed out of the the pile altogether. Maybe he just walked off as soon as he saw it. Sort of uh, everybody going at it. But Chris Paul was not a part of it. Now, we need to go ahead and grab a break. When we come back, Jacob Likes, the starting center for the University of Memphis, is going to join the show. He's got a few more games before he's done with his career with the football program at the University of Memphis and definitely have to catch up with him before this massive game against SMU coming up on Saturday. You're listening to the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. On the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. We bring on number 70 on the field for the University of Memphis football team. That would be Jacob Likes. He's the center, number 70 on the field. Number one in my heart for sure because we, we have to bring an old lineman on the show. That's what we have to do. Um, he's on X at Likes underscore Jacob. He's a brother's boy. He's been around for a while. Jacob, what's happening, man? How are you? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I am doing well. How how has practice been this week? We know there's a big matchup on Saturday, brother. How has practice been this week? Different intensity, I'd, I'd, I'd imagine. Uh, I mean, I said there's a lot more, you know, talking about, you know, like, hey, like, you know, we need a lock-in. But I'll be real. I think we've been really good this season about treating every game as our Super Bowl. Right. So never letting, you know, any game be too big or too little. You know, and so I've, we've been really good about that, taking it kind of one week at a time. 
And we've been, you know, all season long, we've been really locked in during the week on practice and making sure that all the little things are, you know, really cleaned up. And so, yeah, you know, we're just doing what we've been doing all season. Do you think that that has been sort of one of the biggest differences? I mean, sort of the the last couple of years you guys have gotten into these close games and they may not have gone your direction. This year, when you get into those close games, you're 3-0 and in conference and one-score games. They go your direction. You, you, you guys have figured out how to finish. And I know that was a big sort of uh, point of contention this offseason. Um, Coach Silverfield and the staff definitely trying to pound that into your guys' heads and, and, and all of mm-hmm. you guys sort of making that effort to finish games when you're in them. Um, do you think that that has sort of made the difference? Have you guys sort of uh, practiced better, you know, practice habits, if you will? Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, I think the leaders that we have on this team right now, you know, we're really pushing on the little things. And like you said, finishing. I mean, that was, that's was that been such a big word for us ever since, you know, we started off, you know, this year in January. Um, our training has all been about finishing. Our training, you know, uh, our fall camp. I mean, that's everything we did. You know, we'll, you know, you know all about it. We'll do two-minute drill, the last, you know, right. third to last period of practice. And you're like, oh, my, you know, man, like, what are we doing? Like, I'm already gassed, and you're about to make me do a two-minute drill? <laughs> but, no, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's all uh, – it's all about, like you just said, finishing and be able to, like, outlast opponents and being, you know, we like to pride ourselves in being just tougher than, you know, any team that we play. And, like, no matter the situation, like, we're going to play Memphis football. Yep. Now talking with uh, Jacob Likes, starting center for the University of Memphis. He is on X at Likes underscore Jacob. You guys have, as a group up there on the offensive line, um, I, I, there's definitely market improvement. Uh, keeping Seth upright, definitely running the ball better. I think Blake has done a good job as well It's sort of – um, having some synergy with you guys, finding the holes, making things happen. What has been the biggest difference for you guys as a as a group, as the foundation of that offense? Um, what did you guys do this offseason? What were the sort of points of emphasis that, that have led you to have a better year this year? Well, I think we're just a tighter-knit group. Uh, I mean, we, you know, we kind of gathered the older guys in the room. You know, we all got together with the whole group in the offseason. Like, hey, you know, Last year was not our standard as an offensive line. This is not going to happen again. We won't allow it to happen again. You know, we need to, you know, come out this season and really show who we are and show what we're capable of because last year was not it. And, you know, we just made that our mission of, like, we need to, you know, prove to everybody who we are. You know, there's, you know like, we got to prove it to them. We got to show them. We got to, you know, show the fans, like, hey, like, we're going to keep, like you said, we're going to keep Seth upright. That's our number one job. We're going to establish a run game which, you know, like you said, Blake's helped us tremendously with as well, it's, you know. And we, we, we're just really taking pride in – I know I am keep using this word, but we, we take pride in finishing. Right. We take – like that's written on the wall, man, you know, like finish, finish blocks, finish plays. Don't ever finish a play and, like, be standing around not touching anybody. Yeah. You know, and it's just that being physically dominant and reliable and finishing plays, that's – Something that we've really taken pride in as a unit this year that things really made the difference. Um, so take me through your 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 experience here at the University of Memphis' hometown school. How has your experience mm-hmm. been, man? I, I gotta imagine it's been a good one. Oh, it's been you know, fifth season. It's been great. You know, I wouldn't change anything, man. You know, one of the best decisions I've ever made. Yeah, no question uh, about yeah. it. I mean, like, but but like, I see you get out in the community. You, you have a lot of uh, people in this community that you already knew going into the University of Memphis. How much has that sort of helped you in your experience here? I mean, it's great. You know, like you said, like, I, uh, one, you know, this city means the world to me. I try to do everything I can to give back. 
you know, she started a uh, player-led uh, branch of My Town Miracles. We call it My Town, My Team. And it's something so that even when I'm gone, the players, you know, of the next teams and, you know, so forth and so forth, it's theirs. Like, they, like I'll right. appoint someone to lead it next season uh, or whenever I decide to leave, you know what I mean? Like, whenever I'm gone, they will be the leader of it. And so it's something like that. And, you know, just stuff like that. Like, I think community service is a huge part of this team's identity. Yep. And like you said, knowing everybody in the city, I mean, going to games and – seeing all my family and friends up there. I mean, it just it means the world to me. Now, My Town, My Miracles, tell me about it. What do you what do, you do? What type of community outreach is it? And, and what are some of the things this season that you've been able to capitalize on and, and sort of help so, with outreach? My Town, My Town, My Miracles is a very, it's very broad, but they do a lot. They do a lot for this community, whether it's, you know, I've done a lot with them, whether it's moving, you know, furniture and refrigerators into, you know, houses of people who you know need it and they can't afford it whether it's setting up a a, a baby shower for you know a, a part of the you know like a town community like i think we did it for uh whitehaven is when we did the baby shower we did it for the community of whitehaven um they also take donations where you can help you know uh like for christmas for example you can go on their website and you can donate and help you know buy a kid you know a christmas present and then so i was you know like you said, community service is something I'm really passionate about, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, you know, have something set up for the team that we could do something that's our own thing. And I kind of just fell in love with My Town Miracles and what they do and what they stand for. And so I was, you know, lucky enough to be able to create, like, a, I call it a branch of My Town, My Miracles, called a My Town Miracles, called a My Town, My Team. Mm-hmm. And our first event is actually uh, happening uh, next week. We're okay. going to be... Um, taking some kids from uh, MAM and uh, Orange Mound, and we're going to have them come over, and we're going to, you know, a group of the guys, I think we're going to have roughly 25 to 30 guys doing it with us. But we're going to one-on-one with the kids, hang out with them, show them around, you know, play some games with them, and then we're going to sit down and have a Thanksgiving lunch with them. That's awesome. And just spend some good good one-on-one time with them. Yeah. Now, what speaking of which, I mean when we when we talk about Thanksgiving, I know you don't uh don't necessarily get released um from your football mm-hmm. duties all the time to go make that happen. Obviously, you're in town, so family, you're, you're able to uh move around easier in that regard. But uh what mm-hmm. what are your plans, man? I know that uh I know that you, you probably have some guys around that that you know may join you for your Thanksgiving festivities, but what are your plans going into Thanksgiving? I got I got no plans if I'm being honest with you. Really? I, you know, well we plan on Friday, so we're we're traveling on that Thursday. Yeah. So I mean. So no er, no early I, celebrations, nothing like that with family, nothing like that. Not that I can think. I'll be yeah. honest with you. I take there might be. I take stuff <laughs> such one week at a time. Yeah. I don't look. I don't look ahead past a week. I'm you know worried you. about this weekend. Then come Sunday, I'm like, all right, what do I got this week? I look yep. you know calendar and all that good stuff, but. Yeah, so I, I, I nothing planned in my head right now. I could be completely wrong. Hope you know if my parents are listening and they have something planned. I'm sorry, <laughs> but uh, I don't, one day I don't at a time. Listen, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Plans just <laughs> fall in my lap. That's that's sort of how I go about my life. Now I, I do want to bring this up because I think she is one of the unsung heroes of the program and what she's done with community outreach and getting you guys out of the facility, into the community. Lauren Hillman, tell me about oh, her yeah. role, man. Tell me about her role. When I was there, she was an academic counselor. She's obviously um, now with you guys in the in the 
uh, football office building. What, what does yeah. she do? What's her day-to-day? I, I, there's a lot of people that don't really know about what she does, and, and I definitely want you to sort of uh, shine some light on that. She's the best, man. You know, she, she really is. And like you said, when I first got here, she was also my academic advisor. And uh, then so that's how I knew her originally, and then she moved over with football. And, you know, she, she, ba- you know, she jokes that she's a team mom. Right. She jokes that that's her role, you know. But, I mean, she does everything. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Whether it's like, hey, like we need help finding housing. We need help with this. We need help with that. She's like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll look into it before I got you. I, you know, yeah. but, and then like the thing I do the most with her is I, uh, the community service. Yep. She's the one that gets all the connections for us. She's the one that gets all the opportunities for us. She's the one that introduced me to My Town Miracles. Um, she, you know, logs all of her hours for us, you know. And she's just, she's really someone like, you know, if you ever need anything, no matter what it is, you can go up to her office and she'll help you. Even if it's not her job, she, she'll help you, you know what I mean? And, um, but like, you, like the community service aspect of what she does, she's done such a great job for this program getting us out in the community. I mean, we're having more hours put into, you know, than ever, I would say. I mean, right. we're, we're doing so much. Like every, even during the season, there's probably two to three events a week that we can go to and, you know, give back. And during the off season, I mean, it feels like almost every single day there's something that you can do. Mm-hmm. And she just gives us a lot of opportunity to give back. And, you know, I, we're all just so thankful for her and the great work that she does. Yeah, and you, Walter V. Campbell Trophy semifinalist. What does that mean to you? That's usually it's community outreach and just up, upstanding citizen, if you will, when it comes to college football. I mean, I'm very honored. I was very honored to be, you know, even up for it. You know, just like my name thrown in the hat. Uh, it was a great honor. Uh, you know, wish I could have gone a little further with it. Yeah, but I'm, I get you. you know, I'm. What's up? I said I get you. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. But I mean, hey, I'm I'm very honored for you know just being nominated for it. You know, I just very thankful. No question about it. Now, no talk, talking with Jacob Likes, number seventy, starting center for the University of Memphis, taking on SMU this weekend, eleven a.m. ESPN two. What does SMU do? Let's get into the let's get into the game plan part of this thing. What does SMU do that you guys are definitely game planning for? Something that you guys need to uh, make sure you handle on your end. Uh, to go ahead and get a win on Saturday. Well, they got you know they're a good team. You know they they have good players, but ultimately so do we. And you know we look at their defense. And, you know as an offensive lineman perspective, they're uh, they're a pretty you know straightforward defense. Good old four down. You know they do a little stuff. You know coming off the edge and stuff like that. But they got good interior guys. You know they they're a team that has a you know decent amount of transfers on it. But they have a lot of returners, uh, like number 40, who I played against them. I think this is probably my third season going against them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been playing against them for a while now. But he's a good player. They got some good players on their line. They got some solid linebackers. You know, uh, you turn on their tape, they, uh, they've they been doing some good things. But like I said, you turn on our tape, we've been doing some really good things too. So, you know, I'm excited to face them. 
Mm-hmm. Now, um, like when you just look at this team as a whole, um, your team, your team, just looking intrinsically, what what has been the biggest difference? You talk about six and six last year, and I know we've sort of covered the finish and everything else. What has been yeah. the biggest difference with this group of guys that has gotten you from six and six to eight and two at this point in the season? Well, besides you know being able to like we talked about finish games and you know stuff like that, but really it's like I think. And, you know, this is off the line standpoint. I think it's our, you know, establishing the run game. Yeah. Being able to, you know, we, we're, we're very versatile on offense where we, we, I feel like we throw defenses off. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And we can, we can attack you deep with a deep bomb. We can hit you down low if you try to cover that. And, or we can just run it down you all game long yep. if, you know, with the run game. And it's just been that attack that we've had on offense. And, you know, we got to give a shout out to, you know, Coach Cramsey doing a great job calling the plays and getting us in the right spots to succeed. Um, and like I said, I mean, I just think it's our versatility as an offense that we just have so many different playmakers that can make plays mm-hmm. that, you know, it's, it's, it's hard for a defense to cover that. Now, final thing, Seth Hennigan, man, um, what he's been able to show a lot of resolve. Like last week, mm-hmm. we just look at the, the injuries he was coming into the week with. He had to miss a, a play just because he sort of fell on his shoulder. Um, what, what have you seen from him this year, man? I mean, just, uh, uh, it seems like an extreme amount of toughness. And, and and resolve in general and leading you guys on the offensive side. You know, it's it's the same thing. You know, I know from the outside perspective, you might not you know see, but it's the same thing I've seen him since he's a freshman. Right. Just a really really tough guy that will give anything. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s. It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.